Yeah. Hell yeah. That'd be cool. I'm down with that. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, I liked that general improv vibe that we had going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That movie was fucking some weird shit, bro. <laughs> it was so weird. I was like, yeah. wait a minute, Greg likes this? I kept thinking like because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? what I didn't know you just randomly chose it ever because yeah, I, I don't know, know you were in some film class and shit i was like all right maybe this was for, uh, for a reason yeah, it's for historical art no i, yeah. should, I literally just heard of it last month Hello and welcome to another episode of Dick's Talk Flicks. My name is Greg and I'm joined with my co-host today, the one and only Billy. Billy, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm excited for this show. Uh, I'm glad you're excited. Billy, how much do you know about John Wayne? Honestly, man, I really don't know a lot. My dad was a big Western guy, but I always thought Westerns were boring, so I didn't really pay much <laughs> attention to him. Uh, I know that like he was the stud in the 50s and everything like and earlier, but other than that, not much. Yeah, he uh, he's basically the the all time folk hero for conservative extreme right wing Americans, more or less. The reasoning for that, I mean, it's strange because he was born in California and he lived most of his life in California, and he kind of fell into acting on accident. Apparently, given the the trivia that I looked up, he had apparently lost the opportunity to attend the rest of his college career because of a surfboarding accident. He was out surfboarding and he dislocated his shoulder. And the reason why he was in college in the first place was because he had a football scholarship and he lost the scholarship because he grievously injured himself. And so he ended up having to work as a stagehand for movie sets and stuff like that. And then one thing led to another. Somebody just discovered him on set and he, next thing you know, he's America's biggest film star, more or less. And I think the reason why he's still known today is because of all those conservative beliefs and stuff like that. And say what you will about John Wayne. I mean, there's a lot of things you can go into in terms of like researching him and stuff like that. From what I've been able to gather, though, just based on everything, uh, I'm not going to give any actual evidence here. Just because there's too much to go into and we could talk for an entire episode just about John Wayne himself. But I think, personally, that he was just a guy who really knew his audience. And he just embodied this persona of himself on stage because he knew that people liked him as just like a down-to-earth good old country boy western star or whatever and that's what made him millions and millions of dollars and so he just stuck with that in public interviews and things like that he just would stick to his guns on things like that because he knew that that would make people want to go see him in movies and stuff not to mention his epic, unique voice, too, that if you heard him in a room without even seeing him, you're like, oh, fuck, that's John Wayne. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. It's got kind of like a not-quite-southern-country drawl to it. It sounds almost forced, but I think that is just genuine the way he talks. However, that same voice, that same manner in which he speaks doesn't serve him terribly well in today's film that we're going to be talking about, and that is The Conqueror. 1956 film and uh how much do you know about this film before going into it billy dude i honestly didn't know that he uh actually did anything other than westerns so 
when I saw him as Genghis Khan, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I guess I'd say I was a little confused. Uh, but we'll get into it and stuff. It makes it kind of like intriguing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the reason I found out about this was a friend pointed it out to me. I was, for whatever reason, as I often do, just looking up random trivia bullshit about stuff. And I found out that Genghis Khan, in fact, apparently had blue eyes when he was alive. Which means that the ethnic diversity of Mongolia, at least at the time where Genghis Khan was alive, was a lot more diverse than just the Asian people that are there now, I suppose. I remember hearing that, so, too. I think a lot of Europeans like drifted that way early or something like that. Yeah, something like that. So, you know, maybe the people in this movie <laughs> are actually somewhat historically accurate. Uh, probably not, though. I'd like to think he looked like John Wayne with like that terrible mustache in real life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be something? That'd be awesome. He sounded just like John Wayne too. Just oh yeah, has to Mongolian and still <laughs> uh, too good. But yeah, since this is a 1956 movie, it's pretty much all white actors. I'm pretty sure, to my remembrance, my recollection, that there's not a single Asian actor in this whole movie. Some of them may or may not have been painted brown as well, so those who are looking to watch this movie, just curve your expectations somewhat. As, like, whitewashed as this movie is, I do have a bit of trivia on that topic, I'll just say. Most of of the Mongols were actually local uh, Navajo Indians. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they were the only ones unpainted. (laughs) <laughs> so, so christ <laughs> yeah no. uh that, that's all i had about that <laughs> <laughs> well the last bit of trivia i had before we get into this movie is that this movie had a bit of an interesting curse to go along with it apparently 210 people total worked on this movie or at least 210 people were in the cast and uh, i forget what the exact statistic was i think it was like 94 of those 210 people died of cancer for a while, people thought it was just like a superstition curse kind of thing, but at least one source I found at least stated that where they were filming, it was some desert here in the U.S., and they had just recently, before shooting, done some nuclear tests, and the specific area that they were shooting the movie in was actually downwind from those tests, and so there's a very strong correlation, cause and effect, that a lot of the actors probably got cancer from the fallout and radiation. Dude, Which is I, unfortunate. Funny enough, I, I have a trivia for that. My bad. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think the studio is called RKO Studios or something like that that mm-hmm. makes this. Yeah. But this film is actually sometimes referred to as an RKO radioactive pro- production. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it was filmed, it was in Utah. It was filmed at Downwind from a nuclear site. And actually, the year that they filmed, there was 11 tests run just that year alone. Oh my god. So they were just down there eating radiation the whole movie, man. <laughs> Either nobody did their research or it just it's... never got communicated very well. Somebody probably just saw it like... a... someone probably just saw like a deserted area in Utah and they're like, Yeah, like this will be alright. You know, like we're just gonna get a bunch of horse shots anyway, so <laughs> Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh boy, oh boy. Unfortunate though. I mean, John Wayne died of cancer, of course. He died of stomach cancer, I think. A lot of people thought it was attributed to his smoking habit, which it may very well have. But another very prolific actor who was also in this movie, Lee Van Cleef, who was Angel Eyes in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and one of the other Dollars movies. Not to mention a lot of other movies. uh, None that I can name off the top of my head right now, of course. But he very unfortunately died of throat cancer as well, as several of the other actors that were in this movie. So... 
Dude, it's you like, win some, you lose them, I guess. He was like Dr. Manhattan, dude. Everyone a part of this damn movie got cancer. <laughs> John Wayne just got yeah. cancer everybody. Jeez. Oh, well. But with that all being said, we can get straight into it. Yeah. All right. opening shot there's two armies on horseback naturally since we're in supposedly mongolia the steppes it's supposed to be near the gobi desert yeah i'm not i'm not uh well versed enough in geography to know exactly where that correlates but two armies charging at each other on horseback and we get a very sudden cut of a woman that looks like she's in some kind of carriage or some kind of entourage or something like that just a close zoom in on her face to let us know that she is one of the most important characters in this movie as we were saying this movie was predominantly white people and this is probably the most european looking woman that could have possibly gotten for this yeah, character sure. <laughs> but whatever she's basically Cut the back. typical 50s like bimbo yeah. film star yeah. yeah whatever you want to call it uh, mm -hmm. lady in waiting that the characters are going and chasing after yep. after we get a shot of her we get a text scroll saying that there's four different tribes facing each other, and this is the, the time of Genghis Khan and how he rose to power. It also lets us know that even though this is a work of fiction, it is very much based on true events. How much of it is based on true events? Uh, probably in name only, but I'm I found sure that so up. bizarre. I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> what an intro. Yeah, I'm sure history buffs definitely love this movie, if only just to tear it apart for inaccuracies. But oh yeah, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Cut back to the carriage, and there's two riders coming down the hills. They look like they're about to eat shit while they're riding down this hill. Like they don't seem like they have great control over their horses, but they're just running full tilt down this hill on their horses towards this this caravan where the lady's being carried. And what do you know? It's John Wayne. He's talking with his buddy <laughs> to the the main guy leading this whole entourage. And during the whole time, their audio is just getting drowned out by this super hugely loud, blaring music of just violin swells that you hear in all these 1950s and 60s movies to show that characters are in love or it's supposed to be like a romantic scene or whatever. And it's just John Wayne just <laughs> uncomfortably staring at this chick who just is just not having this situation at all. It was like and, a Tim and Eric skit or something, man. It kept zo yeah. zooming in on his face and he was like licking his lips and then zooming to her face. <laughs> so funny. By whose land do you cross my land? The chief's lands are those his men can hold with arms, Temujin. The market chief comes to dispute them? Were we alone, it would be easier, Tagotai. Your blood brother speaks in riddles. Tagotai is not so wanting in wit as he would let believe. No courage, Mongol, should you seek to challenge it. Would two lonely hunters dare challenge a market force under Chief Tagotai himself? Such humbleness sits ill, Mongol. 
Targotai is not deceived, but I seek no dispute. This journey is an occasion of joy. I am taking for myself a third wife, a Tartar woman, Temujin. I share your taste in women, Targotai, but not in blood. Farewell, Tartar woman. After they're done talking, John Wayne speaks up. And he just straight up says to the guy, like, yeah, I like this babe. She's going to be coming with me. So they, they ride back home, and we get a shot of this big fat guy. He's trying to bend this iron bar over his back. Supposedly the smith is bragging about how he's got this secret technique that makes it harder than regular iron. But he tries again, and he bends the bar no problem. And so he's roughing up this, this blacksmith, but John Wayne comes riding in. He tells them that they need to saddle up because they're going to go raid a caravan. And so he just dumps the guy in a big vat of water, and they go <laughs> off. Turns out that this this big chunky guy is one of his younger brothers. Not that it really matters all that much, but the it's, movie decides to make a point of it anyway. It really only matters in like the quote-unquote war scene where you have to try yeah. to pick out anyone you recognize and think. Mm-hmm. There's a scene of them. They're hiding behind some rocks all on horseback. They're getting pumped to go, to go after him. And his men decide to wait until this moment to ask who they're going up against. Yeah. And it turns out that these people are belonging to the Tartars, who are like one of the big, huge tribes, one of the big four tribes at the very beginning that were mentioned. And so his men are like, well, we can't do that. <laughs> they're going to come back and crush us if we fuck with them. Yeah, they're just and like so, a small village of Huns yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and then they're actually yeah. trying to kill like just a entourage from some massive city. I forgot to mention though, actually, uh, Wayne and like all the other Mongols and shit, they have like hawks that like land on their, they even have hawks, mm-hmm. hawk racks, like how you tie up a horse, they tie up their hawk to it. <laughs> it's like, like the complete barbarians, John Wayne out there with a terrible mustache and fur on. That's it. That's it. That's it. We just have to have all the stereotypical <laughs> iconography. Yeah. There you go. That's it. That's how you know. It's so funny. But uh, he he basically just calls them pussies, more or less. And then they're like, well, we don't want to be pussies, so we'll follow you. So they ride in on this caravan. And the caravan does have half their forces, so they just crush them, no problem. But then John captures their leader guy, and he lets him go as like a sign that he's not that bad of a guy. Which I think is supposed to be more of a sign to the audience rather yeah. than any of the characters in the movie. He's your heart uh, He's the good boy. Yeah. But then he goes to the chick, and he just straight up rips her clothes off. And again, <laughs> we have this really awkward scene where it shows a zoom-in face shot of all the different guys in the in the crew, and they're all looking at her. And that same violin romantic music swells as they're all looking at this naked woman, just <laughs> afraid, sitting in a caravan, just anticipating what's going to happen next. Yeah, and he, you get like this weird, like, will they, won't they, does she hate him? thing is she in love with him and he's like yeah, a, he's like an asshole like he's like caveman style all the time <laughs> yeah throughout the whole movie yeah she just likes him because uh, there's this very weird and we'll see it throughout the whole movie as you said it's a very will they won't they kind of thing there's this very weird belief in hollywood movies there's a different trend for like how men should treat women throughout like all of hollywood in, in like any decade and in, like those old 1950s and 60s movies it was just be a big macho man and she'll just be in love with how much of a, a hunky man man you are no matter mm-hmm. how much of an asshole you act and it's like sure if you say so just force yourself i, I swear they'll give in eventually <laughs> yeah yeah that's just how it was though they used to even have commercials and like dating advice ones where they would say like oh yeah yeah 
just just keep going uh keep keep asking her and she'll eventually yeah, say yeah. She'll, yeah. yeah she'll say no she first, wants but... to she's just shy so that's how like yeah. hollywood was set up as well or you'd have like commercials <laughs> and stuff like that where you know it would just advertise that same thing of just like uh-huh. be a man's man and, and she'll be all over you yep so <laughs> he takes her back to the camp and john's pissed because a lot of things were going wrong. Some guys were like not following him out, and so he he decides to hang a couple of the guys who decided to hang back and were just drinking, basically. Yeah, uh, he tells the crowd guy. to see to the booty, and then it <laughs> zooms in on the woman, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it does like a boy. Yeah. yeah, and he he tells them all that she's a, a Tartar princess, and so uh-huh. everybody's like, "Are you fucking insane? Like, we can't stand up to them." One of the guys badmouths him as he walks away, so he walks over and punches him in the face and threatens to kill him. And we have yet another scene where he talks about how generous he is for not killing this man out of just pure rage, right? Male testosterone, essentially. He is the ultimate uh, man. Yeah, exactly. When weirdly enough, he has this mom character. It's his his mom in the movie, at least. And she's giving him all this advice and like badmouthing him and telling him how bad his ideas are and stuff like that. And so, well, she says that her, the the woman like killed his dad and shit. Yes, exactly. The yeah. woman is the daughter of the Tartar chieftain who the killed. Tartar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, who killed John's dad. And so she says that like this woman's basically cursed. You should just give her to her men and let them rape her basically because she's worth less than nothing to you but he's like nope i'm a man's man she's mine taking her back to my tent so that's exactly what he does he just picks her up and carries her off to his tent to just go rape her basically (laughs) a fair prize my son if my eyes see well fairer than you know my mother she is the daughter of kumlik kumlik's daughter Spawn of evil! Let your slaves have their sport with her. I will not have her within our tents. I say who stays in our tents. This woman is for my pleasure. You will take pleasure with the offspring of your father's slayer? She will bring woe to you, my son, and to your people. Stay, my mother. There will be feasting and rejoicing. Rejoicing? The memory of your father is heavy in my heart, and for me there is no rejoicing. And so he's like forcing himself on her and like making out with her and stuff like that. And she's just badmathing him, telling him like my worst slave would give you a better pleasure because I'm just not feeling this at all and you're just a piece of shit. And so he slaps her for this, but then he has, oh, but he has a moment where he thinks about it, and he's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that, though. And then he walks out, and he looks back at her and decides not to rape her, but and he just leaves. He, he banishes her to, like, the other, the back of the tents or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We forgot to mention, like, when, that night that he, like, swoops her up, it's like this big drum celebration like a nighttime <laughs> drums so they, they all start dancing and everything and that's why he he first picks her up he grabs her and he's like let's dance and she's like no and he's like fuck it we're banging so <laughs> yeah, you just, won't dance i'll fuck you yeah <laughs> yeah that's so, funny. Uh, so even though she's held captive uh i guess they must have taken some of her slaves with her and still let them serve her for whatever reason oh yeah because we cut to one of john's brothers his older brother's tent and he's just he's just napping, but this slave lady comes and wakes him up, and she says that 
the hot babe and the Tartar princess wants to talk to him. So he's like, oh, okay, what's this about to be? So he goes to her tent, and she's trying to seduce him or whatever. And he almost succumbs to it, but then he's telling her, like, why would I ever do this? Like, I'm not going to betray my brother's trust like this. She says she'll, she'll bang him for her freedom. Yeah. What mischief do you want of me, woman? Mischief? Temujin did not think it mischief until I refused him. You, I would not refuse, Jamuka. Suppose, having taken your favors, I refuse the favor you seek. Then I would reveal your betrayal to Temujin. Horses for me and my slave woman and safe conduct out of this camp. Is that so much? above all to let you go from here. You will bring sorrow between me and him and disaster upon his people. Let me go then, Jamuga. He is dearer to me than life. I cannot betray him, even for his good. Better to betray him for his good than be thought a traitor without profit. What are you saying, woman? That I will cry out and call your beloved Temujin. But then as he's telling her all this, they get raided by the Tartars. They just come in in the middle of the night and start wrecking shit. The guy that John let go, he pretty much singles him out during this raid and tries to kill him. But John's too much of a badass, so he just, like, rips his spear away from him and just stabs him on his horse. Fucking stud, dude. Hell yeah. yeah. That's the end of that guy. And, he's just uh, too much of a man-man. Yeah. And right after that, he, he sees his brother come out of the woman's tent, though. So he's all, like, <laughs> heartbroken and sad. Yeah, and this is a weird running thing throughout the whole movie, too, is this guy just keeps finding himself in the same general <laughs> yeah. area as the princess. So he keeps thinking that his brother's cheating on him, but no, he's not. They're still raiding, though, even after he kills the leader guy. They're just running amok, and they're pretty much after John because they know he's the leader, and he also kidnapped the princess. So he takes her up, he rides off with her on a horse, and they're riding off through the desert, and he manages to get a few leagues ahead of them. So he decides to duck out into a little crevice in the cliffside, and they all just ride off into the desert night, thinking that he was still riding off ahead of them. And we have yet another romantic swell scene where he's laying with the princess, and he just forces her himself on her again. Yeah, under and, the rocks. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just in the middle of the desert fucking... Yeah. But this time, she seems like she's kind of into it. She puts her hands all over him, and it's pretty much implied that they just banged throughout the whole night. She's totally into it. It's it's like, like we said earlier, as soon as he finally, like, forces his lips on her, then she's like, oh, yes, this is what I always wanted. Throws her arms yeah. around every single time. She hates him until they're, like, making out. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Next day, we get the uh, shot of the village. It's like being rebuilt really slowly, like a wick, wicker basket tents and shit. <clears throat> Wayne rolls up with the, the woman, and she already has her like Mongolian furs on too. Somehow, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he also sees a dead panther that was just chained up. Yeah, uh, we saw it earlier in the film, but they they stabbed it. The Tartars must have stabbed it to death with a spear. And John's like, why hasn't anyone cleaned this up yet? It's fucking disgusting. <laughs> and his mom tells him that it's a bad omen, and that's why nobody wants to touch it. And he's just like, yeah, okay. Somebody go fucking clean this shit up. <laughs> yeah, he runs a tight ship, bro. Yeah. This is true. Genghis uh, Wayne right here. <laughs> Genghis Wayne. <laughs> yeah. uh, John Kahn. 
but he's he's bragging to everybody because they're all still scared. I mean, obviously, after all that shit. Too. Yeah, right. And he's bragging how if anyone comes to to fuck, he's just gonna kill them himself. Like, even if they bring a whole army, he's just gonna come and just stamp their shit out. He just banged in the desert, man. He's feeling invincible. That's true. Yeah. He gathers up his brothers, though. He tells them that he's gonna go to the next town over to talk with his buddy, essentially, and that they need to stay behind and make sure everything's locked up tight because he's going to be bringing in reinforcements, essentially. His brother specifically asks if he's going to leave the woman there, and so that keys him off as well. Like, well, what do you mean? Like, I, I tentatively trust you to look after her, but then I think his brother tells him that she'd be, like, a target and that they'd want to come to the village specifically for her, so he's like, all right, I'll just take her with me then. Well, he also tells him that she tried to, like, seduce him to get her freedom at one point. Yeah, that's right. Which, which like, Wayne, when he hears this, like, he just gets a rock-hard boner. He loves it. And he says, (laughs) what a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Fucking hell. Yeah, he's nuts. Uh, He claims her, I don't don't know if we mentioned, he claims her his wife now, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, and so he's he's treating her as such, which I guess back in these times means that she's basically property. Yeah, <laughs> or at least he treats her that way. So <laughs> she's she's down with it though, at least somewhat. So they're they're traveling to go to this other place, and they make camp. And she's pissed off because she doesn't have her own personal tent. She tries to get one of his guys to go fetch her furs or whatever because she's going to go sleep outside because she supposedly hates him so much. But he just tells him to just go back to doing whatever he was doing previously. So she picks up a sword and tries to cut his head off, but like Neo in the Matrix, he just drops down <laughs> on the ground, just dodges it. It's just she swings so hard, she falls on the ground. Everybody has a good laugh of that. So he picks her up and carries her into his tent once again. Yeah, that turned him on like, again. Anytime she tries to like escape like a normal human or kill him, he's yeah. like, hell yeah. Just react in any way. He's that's, just like, yep, that's, that's, that's what I'm into. That's her playing hard to get, I bet. <laughs> so now the mongols and wayne they're all arriving at the city that they're going to he's he's gonna offer the woman his trade he claims but he he, I, he like gets to meet the king and the shaman of the city or whatever and he's like i was gonna offer you the lady but uh never mind but. she's kind of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> so i'll offer you a gift that's way better instead yeah. and he gives him this really nice blanket a blanket, a lady that you could bang, or this old blanket I got. And they're like, hell yeah, we love it. We'll take the blanket. <laughs> also, we're going to throw a huge party for yeah. you. Everybody, it's feasting time. Yeah. Imogen salutes you, Okan. Imogen. My eyes are rejoiced by the sight of you, my son. Your welcome touches me. My heart is reminded of your father, Yesugai. My blood brother, so treacherously poisoned by the Tata Kumlek. What say you, Okan? Is a daughter a fair exchange for a father? Be it fair exchange or no, she's a fair daughter, whoever she be. What means, Temujin? This is Bortai, daughter of Kumlik. Daughter of the Tata? I had thought to bring her to you as a gift, but I could not do you this ill service, for her nature is as ugly as her body fair. (laughs) I bring you instead a gift of equal beauty that will give you endless pleasure without endless trouble. Ah, a regal gift indeed, Temujin. A regal gift. Come. Let there be music and a feast befitting Temujin, chief of the Mongols. 
So then we get probably the weirdest series of shots and scenes in the whole movie. There's this extended scene of a bunch of girls half naked, just like typical Arabian shit. They're wearing like see-through cloth and they're just doing their whole dance routine. They just cycle in group after group. Yeah. Different techniques. There's even like a the fighting first... dancer and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first group dances and then we keep cutting to, to Wayne and he's sitting with the princess and the, the, the con. And the, the first group, he's, he's talking with the con out loud as loud as he can basically because the implication is that he's trying to get her get the princess pissed off right he's saying how uh, the ladies the dancers or whatever are renowned for being not only skilled dancers but like expert prostitutes essentially and how if you have sex with one of them every other woman is like the second grape essentially it's just, <laughs> it's just never never as good as the first he's like uh, if i i've never had the chance to steal one of those uh, yeah. <laughs> but if I did, I would totally have given them to you instead of this blanket. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. And then the second one comes in and she's dressed like a peppermint. It's it's a really weird outfit. It's just like a series of strips of cloth just like coiled around her. Mm-hmm. She's the best dancer though by far. Her sequence goes on for a long, long time. And then he turns to the princess and he, he's like, "Are you are you jealous? They're so much better than you at yeah. dancing. <laughs> like, aren't you so mad that I find these ladies so much more attractive than you?" And then yeah, like you said, the third one comes in. Third group. It's a pair of ladies in like these weird masks and they're dressed as gladiators for whatever reason and they're like play fighting each other with swords and then after this one the princess just gets fed up with the shit so she takes her shirt off and she goes out and she does her own sword dance routine and it goes on for a while but then she throws the sword at the con and so everybody's pissed now especially john he gets up and he's like go take her back to the tents he apologizes, and they decide to just go on with their meeting. Her dance was kind of cool. I I was kind of confused. I thought she was actually going to do like like kill herself or something because she kept like moving the blade in her hand as motioning like she's going to stab herself in the stomach or something. Yeah, like rip her stomach open. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's the impression we're supposed to get, mm-hmm. or maybe it's like some kind of like fake out or whatever. to make the know. crowd afraid or whatever, and then yeah. she attacks him instead. Mm. Wayne he apologizes to the the king and the shaman he's like I'm sorry this chick's fucking sucks and they immediately are like let's end the party let's talk business <laughs> yeah exactly uh, he tells the Khan that the Tartars are gonna come attack his place and then since the Mongols are gonna be wiped out that his kingdom's probably gonna be next and then his priest his shaman guy he's consulting with the spirits his, his sending rocks or whatever and he basically confirms everything John's saying he's like yep this guy he's <laughs> he's exactly right the tartars they're basically evil we gotta go wipe them out now before they get a chance to wipe us out it was a bone of a goat out. he just threw it in the fire and he was like yeah yes <laughs> yeah he is right that's <laughs> so funny but then the priest and him are talking outside and he basically tells john that he just made it all up like all priests do basically yeah <laughs> and that he's pretty much playing the con because he he sees in in john that he's this young new buck who's got all of his testosterone going still and that he's got enough gusto to actually go out and conquer everything and the current con the guy he serves is just this fat old guy and he's probably going to be on his last legs anyway so mm-hmm. he just wants a new guy to essentially cater to he looks kind of like the human version of like the gungan leader in the, the <laughs> yeah. star wars prequel yeah. jar jar binks's guy yeah <laughs> I value your good wishes, shaman, for all your doubt of my report last night. The spirits confirmed your report. And who am I, humble servant of the eternal heavens? 
who am I to doubt the spirits when they have spoken in the prescribed manner? The Khan grows idle and full of years. Soon his petty chiefs will fight among themselves to take his place. Then other tribes will fall on us like jackals. The moment is ripe for a young Khan of bold cunning. I wish you well, Temujin Khan. I wish you well, Sean. John's on top of a hill, and he's looking at it his village. And of course it's on fire. They're, everybody's just getting their shit pushed in. Yeah. They, and they immediately get ambushed by Tartars, too. And the hot babe, she sees this, and she just starts laughing. She's like, all right, see ya, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> just leaves immediately. I never loved you. And then she runs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and John, he temporarily, he gets captured by the Tartars, but he breaks out because he's just so much of a badass that nothing can keep him down. And then he manages to get another horse, I think, and he's chasing after her. But they manage to run him down, and they injure him, I think, at this point. And with that, he, he retreats into the desert, and he finds a cave to hide in. John Wayne, or Genghis Khan, his brother, the one that always ends up with the woman, he ends up finding him <laughs> in their old childhood cave. He's like, I remember yeah. hanging out in here when we were little kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, he gives him some clothes and, and like some food, and he's like, I'll go get help. Yeah. But then he immediately just goes to their camp, the, yeah. the Mongol camp that just got raided. And he's sneaking around, and he gets found by a guard pretty much immediately. But he manages to convince the guard that he's actually here to talk to their chieftain. So the guard's like, okay. So he takes him out, out to there. And the chieftain, he's just yucking it up, just having a great time, because he just stomped these freaking idiots. The brothers telling them, like, the Mongols hate Wayne anyway. We were going to revolt. Thanks for helping us yeah. out, kind of thing. Yeah. The woman's like, he's, no, don't believe him. He's lying. He refused my bangs. He's totally lying right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but then, funnily enough, uh, the chief, he says, well, we can talk about this in the morning, but you'll be my prisoner for tonight at least. Yep. And then, so they go and they strap him to just a pole, basically. And the, the princess, she comes by and she actually cuts his ropes loose and lets him free. Uh, she helps him break out and then he manages to steal a horse off of a guy, kills him, takes his horse and leaves. Turns out the princess wanted him to do this, though, because she wanted to find out where John is. Mm-hmm. So she has one of her guards follow after him. And so, of course, his brother, being one of the most incompetent guys in this whole movie, just goes straight back to John. Yeah. And, of course, they find him, and they immediately know where he is. What if I could, and he knows he's being chased for a while of this, too. So he, yeah. even while he's being chased, he still heads right to John's cave. And John comes strolling out, like, as if he knew he was coming, like, in a car or something. And he's like, hey, brother! And then the whole band of Tartars show up behind him and shit. <laughs> oh, man. So they, they immediately capture John. They yep. take him back to his tent, and they're trying to intimidate him. They're trying to say how he's being a whiny little bitch about the whole situation. And John's saying, no, if I wasn't tied up, I'd be saluting you honorably and this and that. And so he's, he asks John how he'd like to die, and he says, well, the only natural way is slowly as possible. So they tell him how they're going to cut off, cut pieces of him off bit by bit, like skin flake by skin yeah. flake, essentially, until there's nothing left of him. Throw him all over and... And so they, they have him just go wait it out for his execution in the morning. I grieve. He grieves. Already the Mongo whelp whines. <laughs> I grieve that I cannot salute you as I would. I am bereft of spit. Stay. Tell us, Mongo. In like circumstance, what punishment would you decree? 
What else, my wife? But the slow death. So be it, Timujin. The slow death. Joint by joint from the toe and fingertip upward shall you be cut to pieces. And each carrion piece, hour by hour and day by day, shall be cast to the dogs before your very eyes, until they too shall be plucked out as morsels for the vultures. <laughs> Away with them! You do well, Kumlik, for while I have fingers to grasp a sword and eyes to see, your treacherous head is not safe on your shoulders, nor your daughter in her bed. Away, I said! He's like doing that when he's tied up doing that walk. It's the one where he's tied with like the horse saddle like uh, across his arms and then walking with, while tied to the oxen and shit. It's basically like slave shit. Yeah. Now they're partying. They're back home. They're fucking stoked they got John Wayne. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. The woman doesn't feel safe though. She's like, I don't trust him. He's too fucking awesome. He's going to get the hell out of here. <laughs> and they even have like, they're like, they got bears and shit drinking. That's yeah. their animal and stuff. It's so funny. Yeah, they have this little bear on a chain. And he's dancing around. It's awesome. Yeah. But then John, he's being guarded by like one guy for some reason. And of he course. actually does manage to break out. He uses his, like you said, the horseshoe thing to just clobber him over the head. It was like just he... so happened to be long enough that he could get to where the guard was like sleeping or whatever yeah and then of course the princess just happens to come by just in the nick of time and she all of a sudden loves him now like wholeheartedly yeah and she cuts him loose but he's just dead tired at this point because he he's still injured and he hasn't had time to recover and he's just been having dad walked around all over the place that part's so funny because she's like well she threatens him with a knife and you're like oh hell yeah and then she just wants to fucking be his love or whatever and then she's like i'll plan an escape you wait here just lay on the ground (laughs) (laughs) in the middle of everybody and i'll go get some horses yeah but then of course we have to have some kind of tension to the scene and so these guys are just getting drunk as a skunk they've got their pet bear or whatever and so they get the bright (laughs) idea of tying him to the bear just to see what happens so they're all drunk stumbling over to where he is and he goes and hears them coming and decides to wait in a bush but they see that he's gone so they've they've already raised the alarms everything's just going tits up at this point she has Uh, one of her she has one of her little helpers though they they like meet him in the bush he's hiding in uh wayne right and she gives him like a couple apples and some clothes or something but like the bad guys are like on patrol so he's just kind of like solid snake in his way through the bushes for a little bit yeah yeah he does actually manage to ambush one rider as they pass by and then it's another sick, guy dude. Sees him. it is a really cool action scene but i was confused as to why the second guy there's like a puddle in front of him and instead of going around the puddle or trying to get as much distance as possible he just wades into this muddy puddle and just reduces his mobility to nothing so john wayne just skewers him with a spear he throws a spear from like 50 feet away though so it's like friday the 13th effect when it's on a string and it, it goes right <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i think the guy yeah. was in the puddle because they only had two sets when it came to like the yeah. village it was the the in the village and then there was this puddle area Exactly. So if, yeah. they, if they panned out to show more, it'd be very obvious that it, it's just yeah. like set. too funny. That's so fucking good. Uh, but he makes it back, and he, he immediately finds his brother. He's absolutely pissed off. And they go and talk it out, and he threatens him with a knife. But he believes him. Because his brother just straight up says, well, I didn't do it. Like, you just have to trust me. Yeah. So he's a, and since John Wade's the, he's the, he's the ultimate good boy, he's like, well, yeah, I trust you. He even tells him to take a day off. He's like, get yeah. out of here. I don't stop working, though. 
He and says then, we gotta we gotta attack tomorrow. Like I'm already yeah. he just rolled out of fucking imprisonment and he's like, Fuck yeah. it, where we are going to war tomorrow. Yeah, and his mom comes up and she says, You're not doing this for any strategic reason. You just wanna fuck that chick again. Yeah. You're just going in there just to get her back. She's like, Nobody wants war, dude. Like all you do is bitch and moan and all you do is wanna bang this babe. <laughs> And he's like, uh, she is my destiny, mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she is my destiny. I yeah. need to have her. Yeah, it's so good. You too are blind, my mother. Blinded by your hatred for her. Daughter of Kumlik? Even were you right about Wang Khan, yet would I venture this unaided. Or I will have Bortai, though. I and all of us go down to destruction. Good or ill, she is my destiny. Uh, and we cut back to uh, the other con with the the shaman guy and this priest. He's talking with the the big fat king, and he's talking about how they should well, actually they... take the opportunity to betray John because John decides to send his brothers out to them as envoys for whatever reason. Well, when the shaman meets him, when he first walks in, the dude's in, like, a big, goofy bathtub, like yeah. like, like the dude in uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and, and he's got, like, these extremely gay male maids, like, he walks out of the tub, and they, like, throw towels on him, and, and little helpers come over and, like, clean him up, just dry him off as he lays there fat on the table. Yeah. And then the shaman comes in, and he's like, Wayne got away! He didn't get killed by the Tartars, so we gotta change our plan. We gotta we gotta take his brothers captive, and I'll go and talk to him and lead him into a trap here. Then we'll finish him off. And so... He tells those two guys to stay the night, though. He's like, no, yeah, don't exactly. worry about going home. Spend the night. Yeah. But then something tips them off, I think. I forget what exactly. And so... They're being fine say, dined. The, they are getting, like, right. all the fine foods and nice uh, little, like, hotel room... Right. And so that keys them off that, like, something's afoot. Like, they need to get out of there. So they, they find a window to try and escape out of. And the big fat guy I was talking about at the very beginning could bend this, the iron bar. He finally gets his chance to shine. Yeah, his moment in the sun, dude. <laughs> yeah. There's, a, there's windows in this, this room they're getting held captive in. But they're made of iron bars, of course. So he just bends the bars open, and his his older brother is able to John's older brother is able to escape no problem because he's just normal size. But the little brother, since he's just too thick, he he can't even bend the bars out fully. He decides to try and take his armor off, and he still can't fit. He says, "My then, girth has betrayed me." <laughs> yeah, I'm just too freaking. I'm beefy, too buff, dude. dude. <laughs> yeah so a guard comes in sneaks up on him because he sees him escaping and he just stabs him to death stabs him in the ass dude he's dead yeah i liked that guy uh, man he i know he was only in it for this one scene really but he was kind yeah. of fun yeah he's a fun character but then the other bro escapes he actually gets a chance to show off that he's at least competent at sword fighting because he holds off like a huge amount of guys before finally getting a horse and just hightails it out of there there's zero choreography in this movie anyway. So, like, yeah. they just hold the sword above their head and slap it until one of them falls down and shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he does try to escape, but they're just too fast for him. There's just a huge crowd of guys on horses, and they eventually run him down, and they catch him again. And then we have a scene where John, he's getting all these second thoughts because his brothers still haven't come back, and just all this shit's been happening to him so far. So he gets him on a rock, and he just screams to god basically to make sure that he wins because of all this shit that's been going down he goes rocky four he climbs up yeah. and he's like please save me 
<laughs> he's full Mongol now too. He's all decked out in furs and like a hat and shit. I think too. Eternal skies. Yes, a guy, my father. Hear me. Summon the spirits of heaven to my aid. Send me men. Men. This day I have long awaited, and now I am beset by weaklings and traitors, and victory is slipping from my grasp. Spirits of heaven, yes, a guy, my father, do not desert me in this fateful hour. Let not treachery prevail. As he's yelling, you get a little quick sh uh, shot of like the shaman is on a camel walking down <laughs> below, kind of like in the distance. Yeah, and then he finally catches up to John, and he tells John that he's got to go back to the Khan city. He tells him that the Khan held your your brothers captive, and I'll help you actually sack the city because the gods told me to, that you needed to do that. And John is like, "How the fuck am I going to do that? Like, we have no siege equipment. We have barely enough guys to just fight in an open battlefield." <laughs> and so the priest tells him, "No, no, no, it's cool. I'll just open the door for you. You guys will just walk in and take the city." And John, for whatever reason, is just like, "Yeah, all right." Yeah, like, Hell he yeah. <laughs> it's so weird but then weirdly enough that's exactly what happens they go up to the front gates the priest opens the door and they just run in and kill everybody the guards on their side are like uh who are you guys and then they just yeah. like what the fuck <laughs> oh my god and so they, they're going in, they're slaughtering everybody because all the guards are asleep. And then the priest immediately goes to the Khan, and he's sleeping. And he decides to him, stab him while he's asleep. But he doesn't quite die as John gets there. John gets there, and the Khan was his friend, which I guess kind of explains what happens in the next few scenes. He says that the priest betrayed him, he's, he's talking nonsense, he, he's going to betray you too eventually. And so he eventually bleeds to death. So he goes over to the priest, and he's pissed because... He really doesn't trust him now, and he just killed one of his best friends, basically. So, the priest tries to throw his knife at him, but John just dodges it. Well, he doesn't even dodge it, he's just, like, standing in the doorway. The priest just missed, so he just <laughs> tacks, him, tacks him down. And then John goes, and he tells all of his dudes, like, Yeah, we took it, the city's ours now. And they're all cheering and stuff. And all the guys who are still alive, they all just defect to John immediately. Next day, I guess we... We get like a celebration ceremony. Yeah, they like they swear John Wayne as like the ultimate ruler now. <clears throat> he rules all, and and like you said, the guys that he took, they they like put Mongol armor on now, and they're like, "Hail Wayne!" Yeah, exactly. But apparently, at some point, the Khan's men must have given John's brother over to the Tartars because we get to a scene where they're torturing him using some like weird water method. I think they're like waterboarding him or something like that. The, the Tartar chieftain's pissed because he just wants him to talk. But the princess is saying how she knows this guy. He's never going to betray John under any circumstances. There's nothing, there's no no physical torture you can use. So why don't you just let me talk to him and I'll, I'll get him to talk. She's like, I swear, like I can fuck it out of him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I can use my ways. Uh, so then he gets taken to her room and he's like half dead basically from the torture. And so she wakes him up. She gives him some water to drink and stuff like that. And she tells him how she's definitely on his side. She just wants to know where John is, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, nope, not this time. Not not doing this again. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> and he's calling for a guard to come in and take him away because he's just done with this shit. <laughs> and it's one of the funniest scenes in the movie. The guard comes in and he's like, oh, what's going on here? And she's just like, get the um, fuck out. Yeah. We don't need you. <laughs> he's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. And she's like, how dare you for that? Now I'm going to die. Now they, now they know of our love. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, Let us speak low. Three are my father's guard. Watch this tent. The hand is gentler. Coolness sweeter. No more potent than the water to make me speak. I ask nothing but to know he lives. I am well rested. Call your guards. You cannot trust me. Yet I aid his escape. And you will aid mine if I tell you. Nothing, nothing. Only that he lives. Is he recovered? Guard! Tell me, Mungle. Tell me. Go! You, Go! Fool. For this betrayal, my father would tear my heart out with his own foul hand. I chance this gladly just to know Temujin lives. To reach his arms, I'd cast Kumlake to his fate and betray my people into Mongol bondage. Do you not understand, Jumuga? And we have this really weird scene where she's asking him why she loves him. Like, she can't figure it out for herself somehow. Mm -hmm. And he just tells her, like, you know, John, he's just so cool. Like, he's just so charismatic and awesome. And everybody who follows him just wants to be, like, the best person they can possibly be. And that's why. He's just he's just that cool. He's just chosen by the gods. Yeah, and then she's, like, repeating. And then she's like, oh, that's true. And they're both, like, just flaunting John Wayne's character. And I would love <laughs> yeah. with him they are. It's so weird. It's fucking awful weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird as shit. Uh, and then the movie pretty quickly uh, wraps up after this, though. John breaks into the camp and he steals the babe. Well, he's hold but on. That, he he sneaks in. He he. They walk behind right. cows. <laughs> like they're yeah, that's right. Their feet are hanging out. Everything. They're just walking behind him. Oh, that's too funny. And then he manages to get a horse, and he steals up the babe, and then he sees that his brother's come out of her tent again, uh -huh. so he turns around, and he's absolutely livid this time, he's about to go and just stab him to death. But she's like, no, 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 I swear, this time, like all the other times, we were just talking. <laughs> so once again, he's just like, alright, I'll believe you, but... I'm definitely not taking him with me this time. And he just leaves him there. Yeah, he just bails on his brother. That's so funny. And then after this, uh, it's just this big, long, extended fight scene. Like at the beginning of the movie, it's the two armies coming to face each other on horseback. They just collide in the middle. Lots of fighting. Like you said earlier, the choreography is kind of not great. So it's not an exceptionally terrible or exciting scene, despite well, the fact that... It's like a hundred so horses out. just like running yeah. around in a desert forever. Yeah, like you said, the scene goes on for so long. <laughs> Even the chick's like, her and Wayne are standing there, and she's like, you must stay here. And he's like, no, love can wait. I must fight with my bros. Yeah. But he finally does it. He manages to kill the chief. He drives the rest of them off. He wins the day. And then they're all celebrating in his camp. John Wayne and his new his new babe-to-be. She's sitting on the throne next to him. They're all celebrating and stuff, hailing him as like the ultimate badass. And then his brother comes back. And he's happy to see him for whatever reason, despite the fact that he left him to die. And so his, John's telling him, anything you want, bro. Like, I'll, I'll give you anything. Any one wish, you can have it. And so his brother's just telling him, like, well, if you can give me any one thing, I just want to die peaceably, basically. 
and he goes into some religious shit about how like if you die without bleeding then you'll like go to the heavens and be an advisor to like the great Khan in the sky or something like that well, i don't yeah. know fucking anything about mongolian religion <laughs> so this might be the most offensive shit ever but... well they clearly don't either but yeah. no he, he was like i can't live a life knowing that i betrayed you somehow or whatever yeah, that, yeah. That, they're that, like that. and again wayne's like dude honestly like i don't care like come party and shit his brother's like no i must die no i'm (laughs) honorable to a fault for some reason and then he just leaves he just walks (laughs) off he just walks off but we get narration from him about how john wayne became the the genghis khan which apparently means perfect warrior or something like that and how he went around and he conquered pretty much the entire world and him and the babe had a million kids together which is sort of true i guess i mean i mean he had a million kids with a million babes but yeah exactly <laughs> maybe this he, one he, sure. he only had like a few official wives but i mean maybe this was one of them sure yeah and then that's it cut to credits we get the what was it rvx logo again and that's yeah the end of the movie. wayne is god he's a god <laughs> hell yeah man uh one other piece of trivia I had is that John Wayne deeply regretted being in this movie. From what I could tell from the quote that my source had about what he had to say about it, it didn't seem like he regretted being in it because it's horribly racist and and not a very good movie overall, but rather because he said that it was a moral in not taking roles you're not suited for. And I kind of agree, because like I said at the beginning of this movie, or at the beginning of this review, is... John Wayne has a very distinct voice, like you said, and a very distinct speaking style. And the dialogue in this movie is like, it was written by a LARPing group. Mm-hmm. It's like one step away from really stereotypical Shakespearean talk. They just use all these really big flowery words and prose. And John just sounds so stilted and awkward saying it. Just like, imagine John Wayne in his cowboy voice, just trying to recite shakespeare and that's basically this movie he couldn't get the words right he kept extending them like in his wayneisms yeah yeah i have a couple pieces of trivia one thing i wanted to tell you greg this movie actually has a 10 percent on rotten tomatoes (laughs) (laughs) we just only review classics on here oh i know right and it did so poorly in the box office that the studio actually closed after this movie i can imagine there's no reason this movie had to be made. You know, some movies get made for, like, tax write-offs and stuff like that, and maybe maybe that's what this was. But, like, why would anyone make a movie about Genghis Khan? And why would they make it a romance? And why would they have John Wayne star in it? Like, so many things about this movie just make no sense from a commercial standpoint or a logistics standpoint or anything. Like, it's kind of a weird miracle that this movie exists at all. Well, Greg, you're in luck. I have the answer to that very question. So, one of the trivias I wrote down, I'll brief summarize it, but according to the Hollywood Hall of Shame, Marlon Brando was actually intended for this role, and the reason why John Wayne got it is because he was in the last film of a three-picture deal with that radio studios or whatever and when going over scripts in the director's office the director went left to go take a piss or get a drink and wayne was just grabbing him and and when the director came back wayne was like this one sounds awesome i'm doing this and he even said like are you sure wayne was like hell yeah and it says quote who am i to turn down john wayne so (laughs) (laughs) the movie literally got made because he was just saw the script and was stoked he just really wanted to do it for some reason yeah he, I guarantee you he probably saw that it was for Brando and was like, hell no, I can't have that dude out do me. You know, I can do it. Oh, absolutely. 
It's also Wayne as as Genghis Kong is considered as one of the worst castings of all time. Yeah, pretty much. I would agree with that. <laughs> That's all the other trivia I had written, but that shit's so funny. I don't know how much better this movie would have been with Marlon Brando. I think it would have just been kind of forgettable. But the fact that John Wayne is Genghis Khan in a historical fiction. Oh, yeah. It would have just been some drama piece or something with Brando. Right. And then, yeah. But it's only, we only know of it. I'm sure you only know of it, at least, because uh, it's just so stupid. Mm-hmm. Because John Wayne is just, they just, they like pick a random actor and throw him into a a random genre that he doesn't belong, you know? Yeah, exactly. I did see, though, that this movie cost $6 million to make, dude. Which is nuts. Right, which is nuts because in Gremlins, I think it was something like $11 So imagine only a $5 million difference and you got this turd. (laughs) They had like three sets. Yeah, it was literally three sets and then the the desert where they're running around in nuclear air and shit. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's oh so funny God. man well what would you rate this out of five i guess uh from an entertainment value i would say like a zero <laughs> out of five unless you've got somebody fun to watch it with or you can just make fun of it relentlessly but from a historical perspective from a from so many different like so bad it's good perspectives and just like absolute weirdness of why is this movie even a thing that exists i'm gonna have to give it a perfect five out of five <laughs> yeah that's funny i agree like there's no real reason to be like hey go watch this movie to somebody like i don't think they would just sit there and enjoy it unless you were sitting there with a group of people and laughing at how terrible everything is exactly yeah i think for the first time if i could only give one rating not like entertainment to whatever i would this would be the first one i would give a zero dude i'm breaking ground I think we got to break ground with this one and yeah. get our first zero out of five. There's just really no reason to watch this movie. It's definitely one of those like interesting historical footnotes, especially in the, the history of an actor. But in terms of just like, why would you ever? This movie is definitely somewhere near the bottom of the barrel. No, yeah, it's definitely like entertaining in the sense of like, John Wayne shouldn't be here. Like somebody should have along the way told John Wayne no. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but uh, it's funny that it exists. That's fucking for mm. sure. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go out and rent it or tell anyone to. <laughs> but it is funny, is just what it is. It is what it is. So there we go. A historical first for the dicks. <laughs> A zero out of five film. Even though we have fun recollecting it, and it oh, probably yeah. would have been fun watching it together. Definitely was not fun watching it all by myself, and. Uh, <laughs> I was more curious than anything as to what this movie even was. Had you not ever seen it? I didn't even know. I had never even heard of it until last month. Oh, shit. So what made you pick yeah. this one, then? Because it was just so odd. It just... I My friend told me John Wayne was in a movie where he's Genghis Khan, and it sounds like a joke. It sounds like something that shouldn't exist, and it's that's pretty much what it is. It's just a, such a odd duck of a movie dude that's so funny i thought you had known about it so what i do for your picks is i just go in blind i don't even watch the trailer <laughs> and uh, i do john wayne was in it and then i was like wait what the fuck is this <laughs> <laughs> we're in the desert and he's like sword fighting with fur on and bizarre man i think for my next pick it'll be a a, a movie around the same time shot in a similar way because while i was watching it it reminded me of a much better movie and so the movie after next will be a, a much better movie than this one. But right on. 
I wonder I wonder if I'm thinking of the same movie that you are. That's funny. We'll reveal it off off air. For sure. Yeah. Keep keep the listener in suspense. Exactly. Well, that's the end of this episode's Dick's Talk Flicks. Be sure to look up your favorite actors to see what kind of shitty movies they've been in and then watch those movies and just marvel at how far they've come. Yeah, like how low they were. They stooped, how willing they were to do anything. For sure. Or or if if not, then there's probably at least a weird or funny story as to why they're in the movie at all. Shit, most actors that you can recognize now, they were in some kind of horror movie at some point. Yeah, exactly. You know, they all start. And that's all we got to say. So to anyone's listening, thank you for listening in. Have a good rest of your evening or a good morning or whatever time of day it is that you're listening to this (laughs) in. And take care. See ya. John Wayne is God. Tell, damn! <laughs> Is that some slurm? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man.